1: Welcome in to Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at kdos1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app. It is Monday. It is December 4th. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortillaro here with you up until 1 o'clock today as we typically do. Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Plenty to dissect. The college football championship weekend, chaos ensued. The committee made their decisions. We'll dive into college football Pretty heavy in hour number two We'll get things started today With uh, some Arizona Cardinals And NFL discussion But first before we proceed Let's set the scene with today's poll questions And we'll start with the KDOS1060.com Poll question Involving the Arizona Cardinals They picked up a victory over The Pittsburgh Steelers yesterday A bit of a just disjointed contest With a couple of different weather delays But in the end it was an Arizona Cardinals victory uh, over the Steelers 24 to 10. Uh, Did the Cardinals win on Sunday because the Steelers overlooked the Cardinals as claimed after the game by the Steelers and the masses are on the yes side of things at 64 percent of the vote no trailing at 36 percent.
0: Yeah multiple Steelers players I don't know if the organization actually claimed that but uh, you know several Steelers players claim that and yeah, I think you can make a case that uh, they certainly, you mentioned the word disjointed as far as the weather goes. I thought the Steelers were disjointed. You know, they had 12 guys in the field on defense a couple of times. Multiple times they were also confused on offense and the you know, the new offensive coordinator situation. They have a coordinator and they have a different guy calling plays, and it seemed to be a convoluted mess and a mass confusion they had a lot of formation problems getting guys lined up, uh, no doubt. But the truth is, the Cardinals—the thing that I most was—you uh, know—sure would not happen—is they dominated the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, and they basically kicked the Steelers' ass uh, in this game, and they won 24 to 10. That ended a nine-game nine game, uh, road losing streak for the Cardinals, first road win of the Austin Fort and Gannon era.
1: We'll dive into that specific answer around 1230. So still plenty of time for you to cast your vote. And we'll talk more Cardinals football here momentarily. Let's dive into the Twitter poll question at KDOS AM 1060. Did the CFP committee get the top four right? The masses are currently on the no side of things at 75% of the vote. Yes, trailing at 25%. In addition to that, Bob had a conversation with David Kenyon from Bleacher Report. If you missed any of it, you can always podcast over at KDOS 1060 for all things college football.
0: Yeah, uh, this obviously, if Jordan Travis had not been injured a couple of weeks ago uh, for Florida State, I think that this would have turned out differently. But uh, even uh, the committee chair admitted that that played a big role here. Uh, So we'll see how this goes. But a couple of firsts, uh, Florida State's the first uh, Power 5 conference team that finished undefeated. Uh, to be left out of the CFP. And it was also, as it turns out, it was the first time that the number one overall seed in the next to last rankings uh, was not included in the final four just a few days later, and that's obviously Georgia. And uh, so, you know, and th- this also confirms that this scam that's been going on in the month of November for several years now, with these playoff rankings every week in November, they don't matter. At all.
1: We will officially answer this question around 1230. Again, plenty of time for you to cast your vote over on Twitter at AM 1060 If you'd like to chime in on any of these questions or more things from the college football and NFL weekend, uh, phone call time today, 1130 and 1215, 602-260-1060 is the number. Before we get started with some more on the Arizona Cardinals here, uh, we... Have now won three in a row for Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits weekend bets. Uh, on Friday, we were rooting for Joe Flacco touchdown passes, and despite the Browns losing, Flacco did in fact throw two touchdown passes. So we're now sitting at 10 and four on the season, and we're looking to go four in a row this coming Friday for Friday spread. Brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. The guard. Yeah,
0: thankful, thankfully, he wasn't deducted for the one of the worst interceptions of any quarterback has thrown this century in in the NFL. Yes, but they don't deduct anything. The, which pretty much into the game. Well, yeah, fantasy football and other places, I'm sure too, uh, that if uh, you get a touchdown pass, that's great, and if you throw a pick, you get uh, points deducted. Uh, but uh, that basically. He gave the Browns a chance to win the game, and he officially ended the Browns' chance to win the game.
1: We'll dive into that uh, game a little bit later on, but we'll start here with the Cardinals picking up a win over the Steelers 24-10 on a bizarre Sunday with two weather delays. Uh, The Steelers, they marched down the field on the opening drive, but as it has been so often this season for Pittsburgh, they settled for three. The Cardinals then ended up going three and out, but on their second possession, they were able to move the ball, kick a 51-yard field goal to tie the game up. Then it was uh, two punts for each team, four total punts, and then it really felt like here things changed as the Steelers were driving third and goal Kenny Pickett gets hurt on the play. The Steelers end up going for it on fourth and goal with Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, He was in the shotgun. Najee Harris on a run play. He was stuffed. So the Cardinals with the goal line stand there. And then on offense, they proceed to go 99 yards in four minutes and 36 seconds right before the half with the rain coming down. Uh, So that for me certainly changed things dramatically in favor of the Cardinals.
0: Yeah, obviously that was the uh, game turning. You know, last five minutes, roughly of the four, of the first half. There, yeah, that was a uh, interesting. You mentioned shotgun. That's a really good point. There seems to be some confusion of whether they were actually supposed to be in the shotgun at that point, point. and uh, with Trubisky at quarterback, then maybe he was a little confused as to what he was supposed to do. At least according to the Pittsburgh people, there's some confusion there. So that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing is the subsequent drive, the 99 yard touchdown drive for the Cardinals. They were five for five on third down in that game, in that, uh, on that drive. For the game, they were actually 10 out of 17 on third down. That's the first time this season that the Cardinals have been better than 50% on third down in, in, in any game. Uh, but I actually think you can make a case, and you know, obviously you can as far as just the length of the drive, 99 yards. Last I heard, it's not going to get longer than 99 yards ever. Uh, but, you know, I think you make a case that was Kyron Murray's best drive as a Cardinal. Uh, he made a couple of plays, obviously, and uh, they overcame a couple of penalties on that drive. And uh, they did, and he did, a really, really good job. And uh, they clearly were the better team. They uh, dominated the line of scrimmage, which I never imagined would happen. In this game, they outrushed the Steelers 150 to 130, and James Conner has returned to to Pittsburgh. Uh, was uh, spectacular. Uh, 105 yards rushing on 25 carries, and they gave him the ball plenty of times, unlike the week before. And he had two touchdowns. And uh, if uh, if you have any heart whatsoever or compassion whatsoever, uh, you had to be really happy for Conner, who obviously – Went through a lot when he was at Pittsburgh, whether it's in college when he had the cancer situation or whether it was in the NFL. And uh, that was, I guess, the definition of a triumphant return.
1: Yeah, in the second half, it was James Conner time as he took over the game. 25 carries, 105 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, when you look at Kyler Murray's stat line I mean in these weather conditions 13 of 23 145 yards and one touchdown and mostly everything ended up going to Trey McBride who had another huge day eight catches on nine targets for 89 yards one touchdown a couple of really athletic plays as well uh, so that connection uh, that I definitely have something on that post postgame uh, what Kyler had to say that connection that they have brewing coming up here momentarily but the cards find themselves three and ten this week is their bye. by the Steelers sitting at seven and five with Kenny Pickett dealing with an ankle Ian Rappaport this morning saying he's set to have surgery today
0: he's had surgery today apparently already uh so you know high ankle sprain I forgot the what's the official term of that the, the thing that the uh, Bar- Brock Bowers had at Georgia this year that's apparently the surgery that uh tightrope surgery is that it I think that's it Uh, that's what uh, Pickett's having this morning and they're not putting him on injured reserve so you know there's only four weeks go in the season so they must assume he's going to be back before the end of the year
1: yeah it is called tightrope surgery and i guess that is the expectation that if you put him on ir he officially is not eligible to come back so you're at least remaining hopeful that he can uh make a return
0: that is uh the supposed timetable at least uh yeah, you know, so that, that you're right about that's one thing we gotta remember, I gotta remember in the next four weeks. If anybody goes on IR from here on out, they're they're done for the season and the postseason.
1: Uh, head coach Jonathan Gannon he said post game a good hard fought game against a really good team in that environment all three phases I thought made plays to impact that game and I think that's true too because a couple of things definitely stand out to me obviously one Matt Prater with a 51 yard field goal Uh, he's been so good throughout his entire career post 50 yards and then there were a couple of things that stood out to me one uh, Gilligan uh, he did find I guess have his first touchback uh in that game but there were a couple of other times where he was able to pin the Steelers back uh and force them to have to go the length of the field so certainly all three phases of the game working well
0: I agree with that and Gillikin, he had that horrible game against the Ravens remember he had a couple shank punts and led to some short fields and so forth uh but other than that I think he's done a, a good job as the punter and you know that was kind of a You know, big question, and they were flipping going back and forth on guys in the preseason and, you know, training camp, et cetera. So that's been a good thing, Uh, no doubt about that. But, you know, I think the the other thing that they did is, uh, in addition to, you know, 50%, better than 50% on third down for the first time this year, also in the red zone where they haven't exactly been a uh, model of consistency, they scored touchdowns in all three red zone penetrations.
1: Jonathan Gannon also was asked about James Conner, and he said, yeah, just gave him a game ball. I mean, he was lights out. Obviously, that's a really good defense, and I thought that the O-line early, it took some chances to get it going in a little bit, but boy, he closed out the game, and I think he went over 100 with two touchdowns. You know, that's how he always plays, but special for him, you know, coming back here home, so glad for him to have a big game day. Um and, and yeah, it was a little bit slow to get things started, but in that second half, uh, he was, as he usually does, searching for contact, moving guys, getting extra yards, getting first downs, and basically not giving the ball back.
0: Yeah, I, I kind of think this was just, you know, not necessarily validation, but you know, some kind of confirmation of what we thought about the Cardinals' offensive line. They're really bad in pass blocking, let's face it. Uh, And they, you know, they've had to chase points in many games here, especially of late. And that is a problem for them. And it's, I don't think that's going to get any better during the season. But for the most part, when they've been in a situation where they've been able to just run the ball, you know, this, this group of offensive linemen, which is for the most part, uh, been intact for the season, especially if you compare it to other offensive lines in the NFL, their run blocking, that has certainly been their strength. And, you know, once they got established and got that lead, and uh, I think the weather might have played a bit of a role here too, even after it quit raining. It, I think it quit raining, <laughs> but at some point. But even after that, the fact that, uh, you know, when they could run the ball and, you know, protect a lead, and, uh, you know, th- that's their strength. If they have to, you know, chase points in between the quarterback play Uh, which has been erratic, even with Murray. Uh, He was very good yesterday. Uh, But, you know, when they have to chase points, they're at a big disadvantage at that point.
1: Uh, Kyler Murray was asked post game. You've touched on it a couple of different times here with third down. So the Cardinals ended up going 10 of 17 on third down. The Steelers, conversely, were 4 of 11 and 0 for 1 on fourth down. But the Cardinals did start 0 for 4 on third down. Then they were 9 of their next 11 here. Kyler says, honestly, felt good the whole game. I think the ebbs and flows of the game got us settled down uh, earlier than we did, myself included. I think we'll see results earlier in that game because we had things open, things there earlier in that that game me maybe being a little too fast when it comes to reading stuff
0: i think that's accurate i mean he was not good at all the first you know you mentioned all those punts uh for both teams uh really the first literally the first 25 minutes of the game until the goal line stand it was pretty much punt 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 goal line stand cardinals 99 yard 99 yard touchdown drive that was pretty much the first half uh but yeah, murray had some not good throws early in the game and, uh, but yeah, he got better, actually got much better. And once again, um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, there were times where he, you know, he did a good job, I think, avoiding you know, taking the huge sack. He just, you know, there were a couple of plays in which, you know, as expected, you know, Watt just ran right past. It wasn't always running past Paris Johnson. I'm not exactly sure what their scheme was a couple of times on those plays where Watt was running free. Didn't seem like they really had anybody assigned to block him which is, you know, usually you should have a couple of guys assigned to block him. Uh, but, you know, I think that Murray made some good decisions, which has certainly not been his strength in his NFL career. And he made a couple of big throws, and that's why I think you can make a case that certainly that 99-yard drive is his best moment as a Cardinal, in my opinion.
1: Well, he was asked about that 99-yard drive, and he said, uh, we know what type of swing that does for a team, not demoralizing in a sense, but to go 99 yards and put it in the end zone is tough, especially when we got a goal line stop. To shift the momentum right there was pretty big for us to go out there and just execute, execute whatever coach calls. That was pretty much the mentality. I would actually go so far as to say demoralizing just based upon the offense that was on the other side of the
0: ball. Totally agree. And, in fact, just kind of back up your point there, uh, you know, during the, what was it, like, I forgot how long these delays were. Like, during the first delay, I actually took some time to, you know, pretty much uh, you know write my little script there that I used in the first hour during the sports zone um, that the Cardinals were going to win that game because I just, at that point, didn't think there were any way, I didn't think there was any way that the Steelers were capable of making a comeback Uh, because they're so confused on offense. Uh, The quarterback situation is a joke, but that's unfortunately half the NFL is a joke at quarterback. Uh, So, you know, I pretty much decided at that point that I was just going to write my little synopsis here of the Cardinals winning literally about 30 minutes before game time, you know, about half the game to go and I just didn't think there was any any reason to, to believe that the Steelers were going to make a comeback even then. It was 10-3. to 3. I thought the game was over.
1: Trey McBride, uh, Kyler Murray said post game, yeah, his confidence is through the roof. He's become a matchup nightmare for whoever is on him. You know, if they are going to put a safety on him, it's tough for safeties to guard him. Super athletics, sky is the limit for Trey. You know, I think for me and him to be able to keep playing with each other but keep playing with him, the better that he'll get.
0: Yeah, well, I don't think anybody's ever questioned his catch, pass catching skills. I mean, he was tremendous at Colorado State, and that's why he got drafted in the second round, second round pick, right? It was their first was a pick, pick of
1: that draft, I believe, because they traded okay, the it, first round pick.
0: Right, so it was in the second round. Yeah, so that's why he got picked. Uh, you know, unfortunately, he's you know, the the penalties when he's run blocking or trying to run block are a little annoying sometimes. Uh, but he's uh, made enough plays in the passing game to far overcome the, uh, the blocking deficiencies.
1: And finally, the last thing that caught my attention from postgame from Kyler Murray, essentially being asked about being 2-2 two and two since he's returned as the starter... Uh, Every time I touch the field, I expect to win. Obviously still frustrated with the two losses that me playing and dealing with those losses. I was talking to Iz, you know, this is technically preseason for me, four weeks into the season. You know, I told him, starting to slow down for me and get more comfortable, and I just feel better out there right now. Hopefully we can keep getting better and keep continuing to grow.
0: Yeah, you i know, I can't disagree with that. Also, I'm sure what he's most frustrated about is that, you know, he pretty much just gave away the Houston game with some bad decisions and bad throws in the fourth quarter of that game.
1: It's interesting, though, because, I mean, I understand his point here, but technically these starters aren't even playing in preseason, so the first four weeks of the season are like preseason at this point.
0: <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah, that's, that's – that's a tremendous point. Uh, you know, 100% accurate. That's, uh, you know, the month of September actually used to be like the best week. I'm not joking here. It used to be the best week, to watch, best month to watch the NFL because, you know, all the you know, players weren't hurt yet. And you, saw got, some, you got some really high-quality football. Now it's uh, nobody plays in the preseason, and September is like really bad. And unfortunately this year? October, November, and December don't seem to be getting much better. Well, we'll
1: dive into the NFL, the rest of the games from Week 13. On the other side of the break, it is the Extra Point here on KDUS AM 1060.
0: Need social information about KDUS AM 1060? Try KDUS1060.com at KDUS AM 1060 on Twitter and Facebook.com slash KDUS AM 1060.
1: 4th, Bob Kemp, Caleb Mortolaro here with you up until 1 o'clock today, as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. We're going to go around the world of the NFL from week 13, and we'll start here with the Colts and the Titans. It was a game that went into overtime, with the Colts beating the Titans 31-28 to uh, there were some special teams issues here for the Tennessee Titans, which has resulted here a few minutes ago being reported that Titans special teams coordinator Craig Ackerman has been relieved of his duties per head coach Mike Vrabel. Uh, so, what we mean here is that this victory for the Colts actually gave the Titans their first loss at home this season. They have lost every single game on the road up until this point, and they had won every single game at home up until that point. After losing three in a row for the Colts, they have now won four in a row, and the Colts are sitting at 7-5 and and are currently the sixth seed in the AFC playoff picture, though. But uh, it was kind of a, a crazy game here. One, you had Will Levis throwing an interception, then he ends up like forcing and recovering a f- the fumble on the very ensuing return of his interception. You also had him leading the Titans on an 11 play 75 yard drive in the fourth quarter. They could have gone up by one, but the Titans punter was hurt. Ryan Tannehill was the holder. He was kind of wiggling the ball. Nick Folk ended up missing the extra point. So therefore it was a tied game. In fact, the special teams gave up two huge blocked punts for the Colts. One of them being returned for a touchdown.
0: That's correct. That uh, turned the game around and, uh, you know, the, uh, you know the Gardner Minshew made some really big plays in this game we kind of surmised that he might be able to do that last Friday and that was part of our uh, prop bet discussion and uh he ended up throwing for 212 yards and two touchdowns and no picks and Michael Pittman had another big day Alec Pierce who's been kind of missing in action or not even in action sometimes
1: he uh, showed up
0: yesterday yeah they both had 100 yard receiving games Pittman and Alec Pierce so there's that and uh but uh, this is kind of typifies how bad the NFL has become, unfortunately. This game's kind of a poster game for this. You mentioned also Will Levis; he had a, heat, a heated. Uh, I didn't see this, but I just read. I've read about it all kind of, you know, this morning for sure, several times, and um, look now to dive into this a little more maybe later in the uh, afternoon here. But he had a heated discussion on the sidelines with DeAndre Hopkins, which apparently got pretty nasty. Uh, so it's uh, you know, you know how many times has you know, Mike Rabel got to fire part of his coaching staff? Uh, you know, I think he's done a really good, I think he's done a really good job as a head coach in Tennessee. But this has got to fall on him. I mean, something's always going wrong, and he's responsible for what's going on in the coaching staff.
1: To that point, there have been plenty of rumors ratcheting up that he's going to be done at season's end anyway, and plenty of talk about him going to New England. Do you think, even if New England's not involved in any of this, just kind of a fresh start because he is a good coach, but maybe just this fit and fresh start for everybody uh, is warranted?
0: Yeah, for him leaving, uh, him going to New England to me makes zero sense. Because if they're going to move on from Belichick, you're going to get Belichick Jr. to be the next coach.
1: Well, what's interesting is Vrabel never coached under him; he only played under. No, him. No, he
0: played. It. No, that's true. But I mean, he played under. You know, there's a connection there, obviously, and you know a lot of the things that he does, he learned from Belichick, including remember they won the Tom Brady's last games. It turned out when Tennessee won that playoff game there, and there was the big, uh, big, uh, you know controversy how he used to properly used the timeouts and the clock and whatever. And he you know, admitted after the game that he basically stole that from Belichick.
1: Yeah, that stunk being on the other end of it. Uh, for the Falcons and the Jets here. The Falcons beat the Jets 13 to 8. This was just a really poorly played game. Uh, I know that there was some weather conditions involved, but still it was quite bad. Uh, The Jets stopped the run. Bijan Robinson 18 carries 53 yards. Tyler Algier 8 carries 26 yards stopped the run, meaning for how much they have been previously been giving up and for a Falcons team having their strength be the run game. The Jets in this contest ended up benching tim boyle who was 14 of 25 148 yards and one interception for trevor simeon he was five of 13 for 66 yards the jets are now sitting at four and eight and the falcons are six and six as they lead the nfc south
0: another bad game this was unwatchable football and uh, the fact that atlanta is a uh, you know, very laughable a first place team in the nfl Another example, how the NFL this season is really a joke, and the NFL should be embarrassed that a team like Atlanta at six and six should be in first place in any division. They, I think they actually should be a better team. Atlanta, They got more talent than a six and six, team, six and six team, but they have no quarterback, and I think they're poorly coached.
1: I think that's starting to become increasingly evident for sure about Arthur Smith.
0: Well, that was obvious when they were here. I mean, they should have easily taken care of the Cardinals in that game, and uh, his coaching prevented that from happening. The
1: Lions jumped out early on the Saints, but then ended up holding on 33-28. to 28. Jared Goff, he took care of the football. 16 of 25, 213 yards, two touchdowns, but no picks, no fumbles for him. Derek Carr, he was carted off in the fourth quarter after a huge hit from Bruce Irwin. Carr, uh...
0: which, which he was flagged for, by the way. That was a you know, dirty, illegal, horrible play. And you know, Carr is not just, have, he, just uh, he has a concussion. Also, he has back and shoulder injuries from that hit.
1: Yes, and he was just in the concussion protocol previously here. He was also uh, having that AC joint injury from week three. So certainly there's plenty of uh, things happening with Derek Carr here that I'm not sure Saints fans have been overly happy with him this season, but he has absolutely taken some hellacious hits this year too.
0: And this one was totally unnecessary. It was a horrible job. It was a horrible game our day yesterday for officiating in the NFL for at least a second straight week. Uh, And obviously culminated by the disaster and the chaos in the uh, final couple minutes of that Kansas City-Green Bay game last night. The Saints are now, so much for the home field advantage that they used to have, they are now 8-12 in their last 20 home games uh you detroit i think they're kind of what we thought they were to you know quote dennis green i guess to some extent they're nine and three but they're good enough to beat the bad teams but their defense is not good enough to beat the elite teams which is kind of what we've thought most of the time this year
1: is there too many injuries for the saints or have we seen enough that dennis allen a great defensive coordinator shouldn't be head coach
0: I don't think it really matters who the head coach is, the personnel here. I overrated it. I think a lot of people overrated the personnel. This is the oldest team in the NFL if you go by birth certificate, and uh, they look really slow. Uh, They look old and slow. I don't think it matters who the coach is. This is not a good team.
1: Plenty more NFL to get into on the other side of the break. If you'd like to interrupt us, feel free to do so. 602-260-1060 is the number. 602-260-1060. We'll take your calls now. Talk to you on the other side of the break. In addition to that, plenty more from Week 13 to dive into. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you up until 1 o'clock today as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. As always, follow along with us online at kdos1060.com and with the kdos 1060 app 602 260 1060 more nfl discussion next
0: Have you downloaded the KDUS AM 1060 skill for Alexa yet? Dude.
1: Alexa is frustrated. No matter how many times do you ask, the answer is male, chicken.
0: Once you're ready, say Alexa, open KDUS AM 1060 to listen to your favorite shows.
1: Eleven forty, right here on KDOS AM ten sixty. It is the extra point. Bob Camp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you up until one o'clock today. As we are doing this week, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, continuing our recap from Week thirteen in the NFL. Let's go to the Texans game as they held on to beat the Broncos twenty-two to seventeen. Uh, the big news, though, very concerning news for the Texans. We know about the offensive line injuries that are now starting to pile up for the Texans, but uh, wide receiver Tank Dell fran- fractured his fibula. Uh, he's been having also a really fantastic rookie season in the connection between him and uh, C.J. Stroud has been really quite w- awesome to watch. 47 catches for him, 709 yards, seven touchdowns, so he's obviously done for the season. C.J. Stroud, he was sacked five times. He was 16 of 27, 274 yards and one touchdown. I think a lot of people were wondering, you know, just how good is this Broncos team? We saw the turnaround after uh, the start that they got off to, winning five in a row, uh, the defensive numbers with takeaways and how uh, good they have been flipping things and flipping the script after giving up 70 to the Dolphins here uh, but things didn't go great for Russell Wilson he was 15 of 26 186 yards one touchdown and three interceptions including what ended up being the game ceiling interception he did have 10 carries for 44 yards and one touchdown
0: yeah he was the number one red zone passer in the NFL for the season uh, before Sunday that red zone picked in the game was his third that was his first uh, red zone interception of the season this year um, and he was not good, obviously. As far as uh, the Tank Dell injury, I don't understand. And you know, certainly with good reason, uh, there's been much praise uh, on the uh, you know, D'Amico Ryan's coaching staff in Houston. Why is Tank Dell, who's what, 170 pounds, maybe? Why is he blocking inside on a running goal line play? That's how he got hurt and broke his fibula. And now he's out for the season. I think there's uh, some legitimate question there. Also, you mentioned Stroud got sacked. He got hit a lot. Uh, in fact, he was visibly, something was going on with him. Uh, during the second half, he actually left the game for a play or two. The, uh, con- the concussion protocol thing was mentioned, at least on the broadcast. But he was immediately back in the game. Remember me of Russell Wilson here a, couple, a few years ago against the Cardinals? When they had actually, they ended up changing the concussion protocol rules because the Seahawks had violated what they were supposed to do with Russell Wilson, and I wonder if Stroud had something going on there, or his, yeah, you know, he kept grabbing his you know, stomach area, his abdomen area. Something was going on with him in the sec- pretty much the entire second half of this game. He was not 100% healthy.
1: Yeah, there was also times where he was seen just limping off too. So there was plenty uh that i'm sure we'll hopefully find out more about how he's doing as the week unfolds but when it comes to team and how things stack up in the standings the broncos sitting at six and six they are currently on the outside looking in to the playoffs and the texans at seven and five are also on the outside looking in to the playoffs
0: Seven wins, that's more than they've had the last two years combined in Houston. Also, that was their seventh consecutive one-possession game.
1: Wow. Uh, We will be super brief on this completely unwatchable game. The Chargers, six, Patriots, zero. Paley Zappi got the start. He uh, was 13 of 25, 141 yards, five sacks. Robert Madre Stevenson, though, was lost in the first quarter. Uh, I think, again, this is going to be another topic of uh, because it happened to Mark Andrews. It happened here to Stevenson with the hip drop tackle, uh, and he had a sprained ankle and was left in the first quarter. The Patriots became the first team since 1938, the 1938 Chicago Cardinals, to lose three straight games, giving up 10 points or fewer. So things are quite a disaster there. And for the Chargers, you had mentioned it on friday that brandon staley had said this was a must win game well they got their must win game
0: Okay, you said brief. I'm done. I have nothing to say on this game other than pretty much what you said. It's not worth my attention.
1: The Dolphins cruise to victory over the Commanders, 45-15. to Tyreek Hill, uh, no problem for him. Five catches, 157 yards, two touchdowns. Devon Achan, he was back, 17 carries, 73 yards, two touchdowns, three catches for 30 yards. In fact, it was such a uh, cruise control situation that the Dolphins starters were pulled early in the fourth quarter as it is right now the Dolphins find themselves as the one seed in the AFC obviously plenty of things can still happen uh, and the Jaguars too playing tonight
0: you mentioned Tyreek Hill it's really amazing how well he can play when you have single coverage on him and Ron Rivera's latest genius move uh, and he's still employed somehow Uh, single coverage in Tyreek Hill and the 157 yards and two touchdowns a result also, Brian Robinson, arguably the uh, the uh, commander's best player uh, this season, left this game with a hamstring injury, and uh, it looked more than just your little hamstring injury. And I don't want to say things little as far as an injury goes, but looked like it was more serious than just a pull. So we'll see what's up with him. Uh, the uh, the Dolphins have now had three games this year with at least 40 points or more.
1: The Buccaneers beat the Panthers 21 to 18. Mike Evans, he extended his own NFL record with now 10 straight 1,000 yard seasons. He had seven catches, 162 yards and one touchdown on the day. The question here was Bryce Young marketedly better? I don't know 15 of 31 178 yards one interception four sacks and one fumble for him Uh, apparently there are already reports out there david tepper wants to hire an offensive-minded head coach to help bryce young if you further some of those reports more frank reich wanted to uh bench him earlier on in the season give him an opportunity to sit behind and learn and david tepper stepped in and said nope bryce young is playing
0: and apparently there's some speculation that uh, Frank Reich didn't even want to draft Bryce Young and wanted to draft C.J. Stroud, whether that's uh, you know, Team uh, you know, team Reich after the fact saying that or whatever. But uh, that was out there last week also. A couple other things in this game. You asked about Bryce Young. He had some time to throw in uh, this game, and I got to watch more of this game than I really wanted to because, you know, the Cardinals game was in a delay. He throws a, you know, he didn't hardly throw ever an inaccurate pass that seemed like he was at Alabama. He's got, when he has time to throw, it's amazing how many inaccurate passes he's throwing this year. And especially in this game yesterday, there were passes that nobody in the building had a chance to catch. And I'm confused how that's happened. Also, Brian Burns, I'm guessing he might get, I don't know if he's going to be suspended. But he had a cheap shot ejection and he punched a Tampa Bay player, was immediately run out of the game. And I wouldn't be surprised if he gets uh, further discipline from the NFL.
1: The only thought that I have immediately when hearing you say just how inaccurate uh, Bryce Young has been, even when he does have time to throw versus what we saw from him in college, is just one uh you know he's just really not comfortable so mechanics everything about him is being sped up and therefore you're not having that uh t- like you have the time but you yourself are physically sped up so therefore the result is not what you're looking for so you know, marrying all of that up uh just hasn't found that uh I guess that piece that he's looking for mm-hmm. uh on on the football field in his NFL career
0: no, I, I think that makes sense. However, the thing that confuses me is that you know, he had a lot, a lot of his big plays at Alabama were improv plays where he was on the run and made accurate throws. And we're not seeing any of that this year.
1: That is interesting. Um, maybe some of the, I mean, you're in the SEC, there's a lot of big, fast guys bearing down on you, too. Yeah. Um. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: And he got hit a lot. He got injured a couple of times when he was at Alabama because he got run down and so forth. So, I have no you know, I understand that the NFL is better than the SEC. But you know, similar situation when he's running for his life in college, he made plays and some accurate throws in the NFL. Even when he has time to throw, a lot of inaccurate passes, and that has me highly confused.
1: We'll get into the 49ers and the Eagles game and a couple of other uh, games from week 13 on the other side of the break. It is the uh, extra point right here on KDUS AM 1060.
0: James Out West brings NFL, NBA, MLB, and local sports talk to you Monday night starting at 7 on KTUS AM 1060 and the KTUS 1060 app.
1: point on this monday december 4th continuing our nfl conversation and in what was dubbed the nfc championship rematch lot of eyeballs were slated to be on this contest here the two quote-unquote uh, heavyweights the 49ers and the eagles but two teams coming in in very different scenarios here with the eagles playing two really strenuous games uh, a monday night contest a sunday afternoon contest that went into overtime against the bills whereas the 49ers were coming off of extended rest having played on thanksgiving and at first It didn't really show up. Uh, It was an incredibly slow start for the 49ers. The Eagles were moving the ball at will. Unfortunately for the Eagles and the Eagles fans, they were unable to punch the ball in for a touchdown. So they settled for two field goals and it was six nothing. And then things just got rolling for the 49ers as it resulted in six straight touchdown drives. 42-19 to ended up being the final with the 49ers on top. Brock Purdy, 19 of 27, 314 yards, four touchdowns. Jalen Hurts, he also had to leave the game uh, to be evaluated for a concussion.
0: And why was he on the field after, after that when there were three scores down in the fourth quarter? I don't understand that. Uh, that just seemed to be stupid to me. You know, I, there's no better word for that than ignorant, stupid, whatever you'd like to use. What the hell is he doing out there? So there's that part. And I think you uh, accurately pointed out that you know they should have had a six, uh, more than a six nothing lead after you know, San Francisco started the game so slowly and uh, not only did they have six touchdown drives in a row, the uh, four of those were longer than 75 yards in dry, you know possession time, uh, possession as far as yards go. Uh, it was uh, they're undefeated this season. I'm going to keep you in this and, unless they lose uh, with Trent Williams and Debo Samuel out there. That's the eighth time this year. They've had at least 30 points in a the game. They had 456 total yards. This was a total ass-kicking, and I declared at some point in the summer that I thought San Francisco is the best team in the league, and I've seen nothing win healthy uh, this season. It has led me to believe that anybody else is better than they are.
1: Dre, Greenlaw was ejected, and then the head of security for the Eagles was also ejected, and that was just a wild bit of... I don't know 10, 15 minutes of time there. Uh, the Eagles though they still have the one seed in the NFC, but the 49ers right on their heels and things don't get easier for the Eagles here with the Cowboys next week and then the Seahawks as their next two opponents.
0: Yeah, their defense. Uh, we've talked about this much of the season. Uh, they've been uh, they've had some injuries. They also lost some guys at, uh, in the seat uh, during the season. Off season, I should say and they've lost a couple of guys during the season and right now uh they're out of linebackers uh at least the guys that they want in there are all hurt now the at pack- least the, uns- the inside linebackers I should rephrase that not the outside rush guys but the inside guys their top three guys uh, were all done by the end of the game yesterday
1: the Packers beat the Chiefs twenty-seven to nineteen. The Packers are now three and zero in their last three games. And Jordan Love looked good against a Chargers defense. Looked good against the Lions defense. I wanted to see it against a Chiefs defense. He looked pretty good. Uh, Twenty-five yeah. of thirty-six, two hundred sixty-seven yards, three touchdowns was the stat line. Is it time to maybe say Jordan Love and the Packers have figured something out here?
0: Yeah, I think that Matt LaFleur deserves a lot of credit here, too. I mean, his play calling was excellent, and that started with uh, running the play clock down. They had, had to call a couple timeouts and had to delay a game at one point. But they did that to shorten the game and keep Kansas City's offense off the field. Uh, it was a brilliant plan. I don't disagree with what you're saying about Love. I wanted to see him do something against a good defense. Granted, uh, Kansas City's defense by the end of the game also depleted because of injury. And yesterday, uh, if I didn't mention this in this hour, I know I mentioned the sports zone. uh, This is this was the longest list of injuries that I've had on any game this week in my notebook uh, from any Sunday in the NFL this season. And, uh, you know, not necessarily stud star players, but a lot of key players. And uh, cluster injuries, offensive line, a couple of guys got wiped out at Indianapolis, which we'll see how that factors in with them moving forward. Lots of bad stuff, quite frankly, yesterday in the NFL. But the only good thing was Green Bay and in San Francisco.